If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to this episode of Sheltered. I am your host, Emily Fowler, and in this episode, I speak with my sister and friend, Betsy Fowler, about the benefits of using psychedelics. She was so incredibly kind and patient with me since this was our third take after several technical difficulties, but we persevered and had such a great chat together. Psychedelics are being used to help people struggling with mental illness, grief, loss, and trauma. The Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS, has been an integral part of helping to destigmatize the use of psychedelics in our society. If you are interested in learning more about their studies or psychedelics in general, please visit maps.org or hopkinspsychedelic.org for more in-depth information about psychedelics and what they can be used for. Enjoy the show. I think that that was the craziest thing. And my therapists who did the study with me, they told me that they were like, you know, you're going to change a lot after you've taken the MDMA, but even when you leave and like you go home and you live your life, like you're going to change even more. And that, I just remember thinking at the time, like you are so full of bullshit. Like that is not true, but it is true. Like, I, I mean, like what you're talking about, how you had that experience with nature and now it's like even more profound the longer that you go with, without taking any sort of drugs. Like it just, it deepens this. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's crazy and it's hard to describe, but yeah, it is like this really intense change that happens and it, and it keeps changing you from whatever your starting point was. You just continue to change and you continue to evolve and, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I get that yeah. like drugs aren't for some people, <laughs> but, but like, especially for me because of the trauma that I experienced with losing my son and the PTSD, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like I was on five different medications for my PTSD, depression, anxiety, sleep. Yeah. Like I couldn't sleep and I did the MDMA study and I, I don't know, you know, I don't know like what how much it affected, but it, I'm not on any medication and I don't necessarily suggest that people just stop taking medication, (laughs) but no, no, no. And what you were doing. And I think the, um, the important way too, about the way you were doing it was in a very therapeutic setting. Yeah. And I didn't get to experience that with psychedelics till later. Right. But cause I was more recreational. Right. Um, but the way that you were doing it, you were doing it under like medical professionals and therapists and they had a whole program set up and you were like talking with you had your doctor too you were talking about it with right and my psychologist it's not yeah so yeah if you're taking antidepressants or any type of medication yes like do not just stop (laughs) always make sure you're consulting with your doctor and like the train like the professionals 
right? And yes. if that, I think that that speaks to like what a mom white girl I am. Because <laughs> like I could never do drugs. I was so terrified of it unless it, like I was surrounded by doctors and in a medical facility. <laughs> like that's how no. scared of drugs I smart. was. <laughs> Which is very smart. And too, where I'm like, I, I don't know, I would for, refer to it too. Or, I mean, I don't think they referred to it like that during it's medicine. Like, right. Yeah, no, it is. It is just like other drugs, but I mean, in the way that it's like therapeutically given to you, like it's given to you as a medicine to help right. you heal. And that's the point of the study. The point of the study is to see its effectiveness for people who have trauma and PTSD like I do. And for me, it was very effective. It was, it was so effective. Like, I mean, I don't know that it works that way for everybody, but that was the point of the study was to see how it could help people and to see how they could use it um, just in the real world for people who struggle with the same things that I struggled with. And I mean, I'm really, I was really glad to do it because honestly, you've seen how I've changed because we know each other, but for people yeah. that don't know me, like, I mean, I was a neurotic mess and now I feel more in control than I have ever in my life. And if that's because of MDMA, then I suggest it for everybody because I, yeah. I would never want to go back to the neurotic and anxious person that I was before, because I mean, I feel so strong and so powerful and so in control of myself like I never have before. And I think that if anything came out of that study, just to get those things was worth it. <laughs> so, Yeah, no, completely. And that is a huge change. And I, yeah, knowing you personally have seen you <laughs> be able to grow and just to feel more, I don't know. Yeah. Like healing happening and yeah. more easing your anxiety and like be able to enjoy life again yeah and just with dealing with what the loss of a son like I feel like is one of the most devastating things you can have happen in life and being able to heal and know how to move forward in life and even like come out better person on the other side like yeah that's absolutely incredible well thank you that's really nice of you to say (laughs) No, but it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, and where I was talking about how I used it recreationally and I did get like beautiful moments of connection, like feelings of love. It wasn't really until I used it when I went, (laughs) I did an ayahuasca retreat Yeah, um, in Peru. And, and it was, since it was very ceremonial there and they've, used it for thousands of years in their communities and they use it as a medicine and they use it to heal. Yeah. And it's like a ritual. It's like this very, it's a very ritual thing that they do. They're not just handing out ayahuasca. Like you were there for what, a week was it? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And you would do it every day. They gave you a dose. They had somebody perform like a ceremony and like, like what did they sing or chant over you? Yeah. So, um, the shaman who has to be, have years of training, um, in giving the medicine and then being a healer. Yeah. And they, they, the way that they do it, they call it their Icarus and that's the song that they sing over you and they have 
develop that over a couple of years of the certain songs they sing of just like even just like the pitches of their voices like Mm. that's something that they they have to basically like go out into the Amazon by themselves for months and they develop these songs um because of what they like received um that's really beautiful to think about yeah so it's very for them like it is yeah it's very sacred it's a ritual and I think that's what attracted it to me uh or the attraction was that it was more of a ritual and about medicine and healing mm-hmm. and and I yeah I mean it was also super hard because I was just there with me and two other guys who were in their 40s <laughs> and I felt Again, very, very vulnerable. <laughs> anxious Emily is like, oh my God, you're going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm like in the Amazon. But by yourself like with hour, 40-year-old men. <laughs> hour boat ride from Iquitos, Peru to uh, where the retreat was in the middle of the Amazon <laughs> with no like internet connection. Um, the shaman speaks Spanish, so there's an interpreter, and his English is pretty decent. Um, that is wild. And so it is just, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, it was like 12 days of being there, seven ceremonies, and yeah, the ceremony would be they have us come, like lay down. It would start at eight o'clock at night. Um, we would come to the big. Uh, ceremony center and they would just the shaman would call call up each person individually and give you your drink of ayahuasca and then he would start singing then he would go sing over each person individually and that would be the healing uh, that he would be giving and he would also set protection to keep away any negative or bad energies or spirits and they would just tell you, just be open, just whatever's going to happen, be open to it, even if it's not what you're expecting. If negative things are coming up, just be open to it. Um, and I, a big part of the process of it too is purging. So just throwing your guts up. Oh, God. And <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. But it is funny because they make it a very like physical process too of right. actually purging out bad energy, negative energy or toxins. And that's a big part of it of the healing too, is that you're starting to cleanse and purify yourself of right. these like stored negative energies or negative emotions or like past traumas. And so a part of their process is like physically purging it up also. So they they like literally think that when you puke, like it's every negative thing that you're holding in is coming out of you, right? Like that's the idea. So yeah, you're letting out negative energy or past traumas. um, And that physically is coming out also. Yeah. And yeah, it was the second ceremony and I was starting to feel the effects, um, but it wasn't until the shaman came over me and started singing his Icarus, his song over me. And as soon as he started singing, this just like wave of powerful energy came over me and I started vomiting. And 
it was just crazy because I did feel the sense of like he was like drawing that out of me weird that's and no it was crazy because (laughs) I yeah I never had felt anything like that like he was Um, drawing it out with like his song the the, song the song okay was he like I've seen um, ayahuasca retreats where they like hit you with leaves. I don't know if that happens <laughs> or if that's a weird question to ask. Like, cause that also yeah, seems they, very physical too. Like that they're like touching you or I don't know. Yeah. It is like physical. Like I got a stomach massage from him actually, because he said that there was a lot of like stored energy um, oh, that's so interesting. they will do like physical, like body work. Um, also almost like your chakra, like your chakra is blocked. Yeah. That's crazy. Huh? So how cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely like, it was powerful and I had a lot of, you know, like realizations and yeah. like, I got some very clear messages from it and, but it was also like one of the hardest two weeks of my life. Like you it's completely exhausting like right there was some like the next morning sometimes it was just hard to walk like you're just so tired and weak because Mm -hmm. of how much it the energy it takes from you so your your ceremonies were at eight at night so what did you do for the entire day like did they have anything in place like that they told you that they wanted you to work on or like, what was it like during the day before your ceremony? Or was it just you by yourself? <laughs> yeah, your basically. <laughs> For them, like, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you definitely, I mean, I know that, re- like, there are a lot of different ways and styles of retreats now of what they're doing where they are a little more involved. Um, yeah. But this was very traditional and, like, their traditional, how they think of it traditionally is you deal with it on your own. Okay which I don't completely agree with. Right. Like going <laughs> into I the see, jungle, kind of, like how they yeah, would go into like the jungle. Yeah, like you're going into the jungle, you're dealing with your own stuff as it com- comes up. And like, you also can talk to the shaman. Right. And like, he also, you tell him like the experiences you had and he can give you more like interpretations of what you saw and experienced. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it too is just you're a lot of time by yourself. Mm. to reflect and journal or read um so (laughs) so yeah that part was hard that was hard too just like the isolation but also just I don't know when else do I get time like that to have completely no other distractions in front of me and just to sit with myself and then to like listen to myself and I mean I was doing yoga I was doing meditation to just try to tune in and listen to myself Right. And a lot of journaling. And, but yeah, when other, especially in our like super busy lives. Yeah. When else do we have time or give ourselves time to do that? The time and space to actually sit, listen and reflect. I think most people try to avoid that. I mean, that's what we surround ourselves with as stuff to distract us from ourselves. I mean, I think that that's what this <laughs> coronavirus has taught everybody like, hey, yeah. like you're going to have to figure yourself out. Like you can't distract yourself anymore. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> find a way to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think there's something 
which yeah I mean what's happening right now is absolutely horrible and depressing and we're gonna be dealing with it for a long time right but it is a time for people to slow down Mm -hmm. like it is a time for people to hopefully slow down and reflect and then look at what it takes to actually like what makes you happy yeah yeah like it's not this like keeping yourself busy or you have to go out and like buy things or it's when you're like this is actually what you need more so like down to the basics of having safety security and then love like having connection having community true immersion into your own soul is what this yeah is. <laughs> you see no, the dark totally and the light <laughs> I know yeah it's hard but it is like not everyone too or I, I'm saying this too and I'm I don't have children like I, right It may probably be harder when you're like having kids at home too. Yeah. But hopefully, you'd like being able to still find some time and space, like when they go to bed, right? Um, <laughs> to like take that time for yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, and some of the biggest things that came out of it too is that I mean, I think that first sense of connection came back for full circle when I did first take LSD, and then to taking different psychedelics, like I still, I felt this sense of connection with everyone and with nature and just that I had never felt before. Right. And, or maybe it was hard for you to feel it because of like anxiety or like whatever was going on in your head, it kind of gave you that opening to feel those things. Like you haven't felt them before because you weren't so in your head anymore. It was more of like, a true soul body experience of like, oh, this is how it could be <laughs> without any of the other mess that sort of blocks me from being able to do this, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think I had never like felt a tangible sense of connection that I got after. Um, and even like, even like before these experiences, I mean, I have amazing friends, amazing family who I know I love and I know who love me. Yeah. But I still would have moments of just feeling so lonely and so disconnected. Yeah. Like I would put these judgments too, where I'm like, oh, I know like this person loves me, but maybe they really don't. Or maybe I should do different things to like feel a a deeper sense of connection right and and after like these experiences I yeah I've never I feel this more like tangible sense of connection with people and even like friends that I've taken psychedelics with like I feel like closer friendships with them because we can just connect on a deeper level it's almost like your ego gets turned off yeah ego gets quieted and then you are just able to like be in the moment without any of that negative self-talk that your ego likes to to do I don't know I mean yeah no and that is part of I mean that's what they found like through the studies there is say like it is a dissolution of ego so that does quiet and that is what we're used to that's our monkey mind that's our constant streams of thoughts judgments constantly coming through about every moment and situation in life 
And when that is able to calm and quiet, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like you can listen then to a different part of yourself. Yeah. And where it's still possible. Like when you pick up, when you start doing like a real meditation practice. Yeah. Like it's still possible to do that. But I think there's something about psychedelics that makes it a little easier um, to tune into that. And I mean, they've even found like they are doing research right now where they are finding it does make new neural connections. Mm -hmm. So it can heal your brain in different ways and then make new connections in different ways that, yeah, no other (laughs) medicines have been found to do. And so they really are, I mean, what the, like Johns Hopkins is doing, they have their psychedelic research center, Mm -hmm. what MAPS is doing. They are finding physical evidence of how it does heal your brain and creates new neural pathways. No, I feel like I'm true physical evidence of that because (laughs) like before, I mean, with my PTSD and the trauma from um, Willis passing away, like I lived in guilt and shame, like lived in it. Like I could not escape it. Like I thought everything that had happened was my fault. I somehow caused it. Um, that I was bad, that I didn't deserve happiness, like all those things that, I mean, I don't know how other people experience PTSD, but for me, it was just, I mean, constant yelling in my head of like just grief and shame and guilt. And I did the study and it was like, those things just sort of disappeared. I don't know where they went and I get them sometimes. Yeah. I get them sometimes. I mean, I'm not, it's not like, you know, your, your brain just shuts off guilt and shame. Like those are things that are part of you that you live with, that you learn from. I mean, obviously we have those feelings because, you know, they teach us something, but you know, when you have like a traumatic experience, it's really hard to shut that off. Like a normal person would be able to feel guilt and shame for a couple minutes to an hour, maybe a day, but then it would go away because they'd be able to bring in a different emotion. Whereas with me, I could never get away from those emotions. Those emotions were so strong in me that it was hard for me to think of anything else. And I feel like after I did the study, it was like this just beautiful intense release of guilt and shame. Like it, I was able to morph that ego idea of what I thought my son's death meant into something else, into something beautiful that that didn't necessarily involve me being the bad guy or me being the problem. It was, it was, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's so strange because yeah, for me, I don't, experience the same guilt and shame that I did before. And when it does come up, I'm better suited to challenge it or I'm better, I'm better able to say like, okay, that's not, not, not really a true thought. Whereas before I couldn't do that. I couldn't manage it at all. And now I can manage it. So that is incredible because yeah, no, that is for most people that would take like 10 to 20 years of therapy. (laughs) Right. And that's what even your therapist said to you. Yeah. 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 She did. She was like, I mean, you basically got 10 years of therapy and three MDMA sessions, which is true. It's so true because 
I mean, if I had had to, if I had had to do 10 to 20 years of therapy, I would have killed myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It was that dire. Like I could not, I could not do that. I couldn't live in that space. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that's why people kill themselves because like living in that headspace for that long is horrible. horrible. Yeah. It's it's a prison. Yeah. It's not a life. And yeah, like being able to do the study and then get to the place where I am, where I, I feel capable. I feel strong. I feel confident. I don't feel like, like my grief and shame control me anymore. I mean, I, I would pay money for that. (laughs) I totally, I would recommend it to other people. And, and I, I mean, again, I am a mom, so it's hard for me to be like, do drugs, but do drugs. Maybe like, maybe do them because but it's, but like, too, right. it's like, it's medicine. <laughs> right. Right. Like, right. I know you're calling it do drugs, but like, <laughs> I'm making a joke, like, obviously. It's the same. Yes. <laughs> right. And hopefully like after this study, like it is something, well, it's already something like say, you can go, you can do this through maps legally. You can do this through Johns Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, and people, hopefully people. like this is something that is being pushed forward so you can go see a doctor like and this is their medicine that they're prescribing and that's true because yeah. because ketamine like ketamine and that's already people can already do that yeah people can yeah. go in and do therapeutic sessions with ketamine and I'm not sure how many times you do it or what the dosage is but I do know that where I did the study they offer that so they're somebody sits yeah. with you they talk with you they go through whatever you're experiencing with the ketamine and I mean, it's a beautiful experience. Like I, I mean, I hope, I hope that this map study makes this more accessible to people. I really do. Because especially knowing how it changed, changed my life. I do hope that other people who are experiencing PTSD or trauma are able to change their lives because of it. Yeah. And you're right. We have to agree. Yeah. We have to destigmatize it because yeah, like even me saying it's drugs, it's not really drugs. It's a medicine. You're right. It is a medicine. It's something that we can use to help us just like right. diabetics use insulin. I mean, mental health is a real thing. <laughs> like, yes. It's a real yeah. illness. It's not something that people make up. It's not something that people are lying about. And I mean, I know, especially because we're from the deep South, deep religious South, that mental illness was always kind of thought of as like fake. Like if you, if you said you were depressed or you said you were anxious, people thought you were lying. They were like, whatever, get over it. You know? Yeah. They're like, you can get over that. You can decide to just up in one day, like, I'm not gonna, Yeah. but you need help. Like, yes, you can, change like and that's the thing too like you can change your thought patterns you can change the way you perceive the world you can change the way you perceive yourself but you're not necessarily going to do that by yourself right it's almost like it's almost like drowning so mental health when it's really bad is like drowning and somebody saying why don't you just swim (laughs) right you're not taught how to swim then you can't and so right this is literally like teaching you how to swim. It's teaching you how to like rework your brain. And that's one thing that happened to me in my MDMA sessions. I, I felt so in control of what my brain was doing. I could direct what I needed it to do. So if there was like something that I was nervous about or scared about, I could be like, Hey, I don't really want to do that right now. And then my brain would sort of like loop me around the long way and I'd get back to it. And by the time I got back to whatever thought I was scared of, I was ready to do it. And I was ready 
to talk about it and, and like think about it. And then it just, I don't know, it just made it so much easier. It made it so much, so much friendlier instead of scary <laughs> or, yeah. or something no, that I wanted totally. to avoid. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely, I completely understand that because <laughs> from when I, I mean, because I, when I've taken MDA too, it's just like the sense of just like love and yeah. empathy. Yeah. And so you also experience that for yourself. Yeah. And bring up these like thoughts and like insecurities where you, if you think you say these out things out loud, like people are going to hate you. Like yeah. maybe the people that love you are going to now hate you Yeah. or they're so wretched or they're so horrible. You can't say these things out loud. Right. But there's something where like MDMA just gives you this overwhelming sense of love and empathy. You're like, no, I, I can say this and I can still be loved and I can still love myself. Yeah. And yeah, there's just like something absolutely beautiful about that. Such a release from fear, like such yeah. a release from fear. It like any fear that you have, any, anything that keeps you isolated, it releases you from that. And that's probably where you're talking about that connection. Like we isolate ourselves in so many different ways because of fear that we have. And then when you take a psychedelic, it kind of like just takes that away <laughs> and you're yeah, better, it does. Yeah, it you're does. better able you're to process so it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. It really does like quell those fears and that probably means what it's like quelling the ego, like it's quieting the ego. So at the same time, quieting the fears that your ego holds. Yeah. So then you can see more of yeah like deep down like you are love and like you are connected with people yeah and you're not what makes you like you don't your thoughts don't make you who you are and your fears aren't make you who you and even like the horrible traumatic experiences that doesn't make you who you are either right yeah it's just an experience it's something that you had happen and like yeah. And it just, it helps you deal with the things that your brain is not willing to deal with. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. It's so true. <laughs> it's like the things that we just want to like push down, like, yeah. I don't know, don't talk about that. Like, I don't want to talk, I do not. Like, it's really physically difficult to bring that up and talk about it, which is yeah. very true. And I've definitely experienced where there are certain things where I feel like I've done or I've experienced where I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to, it's like physically hard to bring that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, there's just something about when you take these kinds of medicine, like they, it makes it much easier Yeah. to deal and process and just see it. And like, for me too, I, I feel like it just, it's changed my perception yeah. of how I see myself, how I see the world. And so it's just like a much true. more beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> No, like I, I want to be now. Right? I want to yeah. live in the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, I do want to live like, yes, there is like horrible things that happen, but mm -hmm. it's still a place I want to be because there are also still like beautiful, mm -hmm. like there's still love. There's still connection. There's still like nature. Right. <laughs> like, there's still so many more beautiful things about the world to experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is funny too, because when I do smoke, um, when I do smoke pot, it's, it's so interesting because now it's so much more fun and I enjoy it, but also too, I'm more, it's almost <laughs> like I'm able to access things in my head. So I don't know if you know, like in therapy, they talk about parts, like people have different parts 
And um, those parts, you know, determine like your reactions to things and, or like, or it's like an emotion that you haven't dealt with and it, it comes up because there's like a trauma or something. And, and so like, I, I have smoked pot and I've had moments where it's like, oh, I'm feeling something. And then I'm able to kind of access internally what I'm feeling, what that, what that part's trying to tell me, what that part's maybe afraid of or what it's feeling anxious about and kind of have a conversation in my head. Like, well, why am I feeling this way? And it's so cool because even though I've smoked pot, I'm still able to access those parts of my brain and figure out these really intensely like deep emotional traumas and kind of look at them head on. And I would have never been able to do that before. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily because of the pot, but it's, I think it has to do with like my brain being rewired with MDMA. I think that my brain rewired and instead of like, you know, smoking pot and being scared and being nervous, it's like, I can direct like what I'm thinking and I can say, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa we don't need to be scared of this. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and, and again, right. it's all internal happening. Nobody else knows that it's going on. <laughs> I'm just sitting watching TV, but like, yeah, I'm having these huge emotional breakthroughs because yeah. I'm able to like be calm and think about these things in that way. And I think that that's also beautiful too, because, you know, people stigmatize like marijuana and say that it's so bad, but it's like, it's not necessarily bad if you can use it in the right ways. If you can, if you can be in an emotional space that allows you to access some of the trauma that you have and then deal with it. Like, I think that's a good thing. I don't think that that's necessarily bad. And I know it's a good thing. Yeah. Alcohol doesn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's the thing is like the one I mean, now marijuana is legal in right. quite a few states, but the one drug that has been legal for so long, alcohol, right. is the one that has like no therapeutic effects <laughs> exactly. and can actually kill you and does kill people. Right. Pure and poison. <laughs> yes, like it's pure poison. And like, yes, it's nice if you have like a glass of wine and you feel like a little bit of inhibitions let down, but like this is the like one of the drugs that actually can kill you when you take too much of it. Yeah. And so it's crazy that that has been legal for so long. And now thankfully, like, because there has been such a big cannabis movement, people have legalized it in a lot of States. And now thankfully with like what people are trying to do with psychedelics, like they are trying to legalize it and show the very therapeutic effects that it has. Yeah. When, yeah, for so long it's been, I mean, from what just our culture and our government has put so much stigma around it that it's going to make you go into these crazy states of minds that you'll never come back from. Right. And I Even understand, though that's like, basically I, alcohol. Alcohol yeah. does that. <laughs> God, seriously. <laughs> and then too, where you like, you do become physically dependent on mm-hmm. it. Like very sadly true for a lot of people. Yeah. And so it's just crazy to me that for so long, I mean, and our government's just been feeding us a lie. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people like think the government knows the government lies to us anyways. And like a lot of people don't really trust our government. Right. But, and so I think it's just, it's beautiful to see like the people who did, who were in the sixties and seventies 
to see the first movements of it and to see mm-hmm. like because there was psychologists who were using it yeah in the 60s and 70s until all of a sudden it's a a schedule three drug with no or sorry schedule one yeah with no therapeutic effects yep (laughs) and when they had been using it with their patients already and seeing like therapeutic use right and seeing the effects of it positive outcomes yeah so it's just I I'm so thankful for the people who were there in that movement and Mm -hmm. who still have pushed on since then yeah. and are bringing it back now I'm like so grateful for those people and I think a lot of people of our generation are behind that movement too yeah I because think- we can see like truth like when we can see like scientific research like we understand that and can agree with it right. and just knowing too that like what our government feeds us like we don't believe yeah, yeah. I just also think that people are so tired of the chaos. Like, yeah, it just feels so chaotic. Like everything in the world feels so chaotic. And until you can like really hone in on how you experience things and your perception and like live in yourself and understand yourself, it makes the world so hard to live in. And I think that that's what the beauty of like marijuana and psychedelics is, is that they, it, it yeah. gives you that space to like yeah. be out of the chaos, to, to get away sure. from it, to like be in yourself and to learn because that's really what we have to do. We have to learn who we are and how right. we experience things before we can move on or be okay with external stimuli, you know? <laughs> so, right. No, so, that's completely true. Yeah. For me, I mean, it just... For me, I always describe the world as so loud. The world is so loud. It's so loud. It's like everybody's always yelling all the time. (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard to listen to that. It's so hard to listen to the yelling all the time and the anger and like not absorb it in some way. And so, I mean, I really feel like that's what MDMA did for me. And even pot, like when I use it recreationally, like it allows me to just kind of tune all of that out and listen to myself and like what I'm experiencing. Cause I mean, I, I more than I can count on my hands when I've smoked pot after my MDMA um, study, I have been able to access like emotional things, like things that have changed me. And then the next day I can, I feel stronger and I feel more powerful and I feel like, Oh, I can do the things that I was afraid to do before because I've had that experience. And I don't know, yeah. I think more people I think more people should try it. (laughs) More people, you know, should get in that headspace where, you know, they can, we're, I mean, we are our best healers. Like, you know, like our individual body and mind is the best healer that we have. And if these things give us access to make new neural connections and to be able to, you know, talk to ourselves in a way that's not demeaning or shameful or full of guilt, then we should pursue that. We should pursue yeah. those things. We should right. encourage people to pursue those things. I mean, in a healthy manner and in a therapeutic way, but like for yeah. sure, it's something yeah. good. It's not something bad. <laughs> right. No. And I, I totally agree. And I'm glad we are talking about this today because for a lot of people, it's just like, it's just hearing about it from someone that where just the experience that they have actually had with it and not hearing all of the negative around it of it's just gonna like make you go crazy like yeah you actually hear that it has 
very therapeutic effects and can help you heal because that is too or like we're all seeking healing like yeah whether you realize it or not like when you are constantly seeking external things to make you happy which is what we're also taught to do right as a culture to like pursue that career like buy more things like have more extravagant things like more I don't know even just like experiences in your life or right like if you're constantly just you're seeking to like find your happiness but then like you said when you take MDMA or you take another psychedelic it does let you quiet and realize like more of what you're seeking is like your own serenity like within like finding your answers from within yourself and that is where you have to start and that is where you actually find healing like it took me a long time to realize that like that is where I need to start like I need to start listening to myself and try to start like healing myself every day and I never yeah I never I didn't figure that out till now like till (laughs) over the past year yeah and it's true it's like then now it's I feel like real change is happening and I feel so much more direction in my life yeah it's like like passion in my life you have a directive now you have a directive like heal yourself yeah (laughs) and then everything else will fall into place but that's why I wanted to talk to you because when I first found out that I was in the study like I was so scared to tell people I was so nervous to tell people and you were the only person who advocated for it who was like yeah let's do it you gotta do it and and I was so happy that you were that way because I just needed one person to be excited about it because I was so scared because like in my head I was like I'm gonna die from these drugs I'm gonna get addicted (laughs) you know the we thought everything that could be terrible about it was going to happen and and you were so excited for me you were so excited for the experience you were so excited to like like see what happens and I mean your encouragement was part of the reason why I was like okay I could probably do this (laughs) oh good (laughs) yay I'm glad that makes me really happy because I was so excited that day (laughs) I was just like oh my god that is so absolutely amazing and I even I I knew about maps but I had not really like looked into it so it was until you like told me you're in the study I was like then I actually started to do more research and I was like, wow, like, yes, this is the answer. Like <laughs> I've like used psychedelics recreationally, but I haven't thought about it in a therapeutic use. Like it is being done with the map study. It's like that absolutely 100% makes sense. Right. Like, and when and you- that totally changes the way, like it definitely changes the way of like when I took it recreationally, mm-hmm. but when I use it now or like when I, I've had different experiences with a very much more like therapeutic direction and intention. It's a completely like different experience too. Yeah. And when you went to Burning Man, you got to listen to, was he the- Rick Doblin. Yeah. (laughs) Is he like the director of MAPS or? Yeah. He's the founder of MAPS. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is crazy that he was at Burning Man. (laughs) Well, not crazy because (laughs) that's definitely like, that's also like, that was a beautiful thing about Burning Man is like, it's this whole community of people who are taking psychedelics together. Right. And this like sense of like, I mean, and that's just the whole concept of Burning Man too, is just like this sense of freedom, creativity, like radical self-expression, like rat, like gifting to each other. 
Like that's all like it's you're in a completely you're in an alternate reality and an alternate universe. Here, explain that. Explain the gifting, because I I, I don't know for people like me who are like, I thought Burning Man was just naked people. (laughs) That's literally (laughs) what I thought it was. (laughs) Like it's just a bunch of naked people in the desert together. It's like my worst nightmare ever. (laughs) Just naked people running around. (laughs) No. I mean, there is definitely a lot of naked people, but (laughs) that is because it is just about like radical self-expression or just like freedom. Like it's, it's, it's a concept of community coming together where there's no money involved, where you're there, like a lot of artists. So there's a lot of really amazing artwork that's done and art structures and, um, Oh wait, it's okay. <laughs> um, so bartering is bartering the system that no, okay. There's no there's no bartering. It's just gifting to each okay. other. Okay. So that's yeah. You're like in your your camp that you're in. Usually choose something. So whether it's like food or drinks, um, some kind of fun activity. Like that's what you are gifting. You're giving to others. Okay. And. But it makes sense. But that like that Rick Doblin and like Maps was there. They have a tent. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a whole camp there because also of like rite of passage at Burning Man is like it's a lot of a place where for the first time a lot of people take psychedelics. Right. And they experience. Yeah. Then this like beautiful the sense of like connection and you want to be creative. You want you have this like sense of like being a child again, like that childlike mm. freedom of wanting to express and explore and be curious. And, and it's like thousands of people doing that together, which naked. is really beautiful. <laughs> okay. Everyone's naked. Some people, not everyone. I know. I know. Sorry. Just in my head, I'm just imagining it. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why it, dry- I don't know why it scares me so much. Oh my God. I probably would go to Burning Man and be the naked person and be like, Whoo! I don't know maybe not I'm a little trepidatious about nakedness (laughs) that's okay no it's it's a beautiful I would say like a big I mean I just took back a sense that wow like to see I don't know even just like this thousands of people who are a lot of them are on psychedelics and just the interactions like you feel like you're never interacting with a stranger like yeah, because everybody like, you have these like beautiful moments. <laughs> everybody is like really peaceful there, right? Like there weren't. Did you did you experience like infighting, like where people I were mean, fighting, or it can happen, right? Um, because I think now what it's, I mean, it has turned into like a music festival. So now people, oh, okay, I don't think it's what it originally like. There's still it's still there. Yeah. But now with it being 80,000 people and some people just come in for the weekend, like they come in just to like party basically. Okay. But that's not really what Burning Man is about. Right. And there's still like, there's still what it's about is still there. But there still are other people who that's not, they maybe just come to drink alcohol and party. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about the MAPS tent, right? Is because they also provide a place for people who are having a bad experience with the psychedelics to be around medical professionals to help them kind of like be guides basically for their experience so that they're not having a bad trip. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, sorry, is my sound still good? Yeah. (laughs) No, you're good. (laughs) 
So I'm just going to switch out. Um, yeah, it's called the Zendo Project. Okay. And it is a place where if people feel like they're having, yeah, like a kind of a scary experience, they've taken psychedelics and they just really want to talk to someone, they, there's a place where people can go and talk to therapists. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I really wish that our culture would be better. I think that our culture needs to change their mindset about psychedelics and like people taking them recreationally because I think that, I don't know, I think that people should be able to have the experience and then also how cool would it be to be in a setting where if you were having a bad trip or something did occur that felt icky or gross that you had a therapist who could like walk you through it and like talk to you about like why you're feeling that way or where that's coming from and then like the after effect of that would be like maybe you don't have that feeling <laughs> be as prevalent in your life anymore like maybe that trauma or whatever you were experiencing goes away <laughs> like, yeah I don't know <laughs> it'd be nice if our culture wasn't so silly about <laughs> this sort of stuff but yeah, but I think um I think there's a change happening. Yeah. And I think a there's a lot of, there is a lot of movements and there really is like I mean what they're doing with maps, what they're doing at Johns Hopkins, like Yeah. They are doing they're research doing the work and they're showing the evidence of it and they're doing it in a really safe way, which is what needs to happen and the yeah. best practice and that is definitely the best way to do it. So that is happening. Yeah. And so yeah, I think we'll see it um yeah hopefully in the next couple of years yeah be something that is going to be more accessible to more people because that's all I want too like yeah <laughs> just to be able I, mean, I am like very passionate about it now because just of my own experience and seeing what you've experienced and it's just something that's like I don't know dear to my heart now where I'm like I and just for mental health like right because we so at the same time, like destigmatizing mental health, and that it is something that we all <laughs> need to be aware of. Like, even if I don't know, like each person needs to take care of their own mental health, just as if you were going to exercise your body. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's something I agree. that we absolutely is like very important to us. And for just figuring out, like, uh, strategies um ways okay. to like live to live our lives that are in like the best versions of ourselves um I don't know psychedelics helps with that yeah and therapy it's like with in conjunction with therapy yeah like I think <clears throat> I don't know it just brings I would just hope like for a lot of people who feel stricken like they feel just completely frozen with depression or anxiety or loneliness. Like, I think it's a path. Yeah. Out, and it's a path to move through that. And For sure. So, yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> super passionate about it. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah. I think it's amazing because also too, like, wouldn't it be wonderful to have an alternative to, all the drugs that they prescribe, like, you know, like, I mean, people like 
doctors throw medicine at people all the time for mental illness. And like, wouldn't it be nice to have an alternative to just having, you know, whatever drugs that they throw at you to kind of stabilize whatever is going in your, going on in your head. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's why I advocate for it because again, I was on five different medications for things that just felt so out of my control. And I mean, that's not necessarily what will happen for other people, but like, what if there's a majority of people that that could, you know, the same situation could occur for them where they don't have to be on five different medications. Like, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing result. Right. It's completely amazing. And what you're on five different medications, but were you really seeing Mm -mm. like growth happen Were you really, (laughs) it was more of like, like right now, unfortunately, what we have for antidepressants, they're more of like numbing medications. That's true. They're yeah. not actually helping you, <laughs> like helping right. your growth. They're not healing you. It's right. more of just numbing. I mean, and I know too, where I, I as antidepressants do work for some people, which right. I like, if it works for you, that's amazing. Um, and just, I guess, like being able more of like functioning in everyday life where you feel like that gives you like a better, I don't know, right life or just helps you deal with life in a better way. But I think for a lot of people, it's not working. Right. Well, I mean, and- it doesn't address, it doesn't address the underlying issues. You're right. Like it does just sedate you in a lot of ways. Like it helps you to function throughout the day, but you're not really addressing like what the issues are, whereas MDMA can, and psychedelics in general can help you address the issue (laughs) rather than just keep you sedated so that you can like still go to work every day. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) We're like the biggest biggest psychedelic cheerleaders ever. Which is awesome, which I'm like, like I said, I'm really happy we're doing. And I think it's important for more people to share their stories if they have had good experiences with it or their experiences with it. Um, Just because the more we do that and the more people that people hear about it, the less stigma it's going to hold around it. Yeah, I agree. And the more likely people will be then to like, if you see it, then all of a sudden on your ballot, like you would be like, yeah, that's, I want this to be legal. Right. Or just like marijuana, have access it through a doctor. Yeah. Um, just like marijuana, there was a marijuana revolution. We need to have the same for psychedelics. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah, I mean, for anyone like said, like you can look at the Johns Hopkins psychedelic research center, go to their website, go to the maps website, um, they have really good resources and they have the research they've already done and what they've already been finding. So those are definitely going to be good resources for, for people to go look at and to see. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can always find more. <laughs> I yeah. feel like going from there, you start to like go into <laughs> yeah. yeah explore another world is like opened up to you right get lost into the in the psychedelic world and another good yeah. thing too about maps is they have um on their website if you want if you are struggling with ptsd or um 
I don't know, there's a variety of mental illness and health issues that they use these psychedelics for, but you can sign up for a study just like I did. Like I randomly Googled studies <laughs> and I found the map study. So, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. for people struggling with that sort of stuff, that's really cool that they offer that, like that, and that it's easily accessible. Like you just Google studies for such and such and like they, they have all that listed. So. Yeah, no. And I think they are, um, still it, I mean, it is like specific to PTSD mm-hmm. and you do have to meet, um, specific requirements, but I think right. they are still signing up people for their phase three, uh, yeah. maps it for their trials. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could go do it again, although it was really, really hard and I don't, I don't want people to think that like it was just like I went in, I took some MDMA, had a good time and left. Like, no, that was not it at all. Like it was hours upon hours of therapy and like just yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was hard. It was work. It was work. <laughs> it was a lot yes. of work. Right. This is not a magic pill. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> there will never ever be a magic pill. Right. And there's <laughs> people don't need to, people need to lose any expectation because it is work and it's time and it's process. Right. And that's how any change or growth or healing is going to happen. Yeah. It's never an instant thing. Um, but yeah, it's like, you can feel like instant, I don't know, like realizations or shifts. Yeah. Then it's just like deciding to move forward on that and like keep that process going. Well, and also too, like what we were talking about earlier, like it's not instantaneous, but it does cut out a lot of years. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like, I mean, my therapist, 10 years of my life that I didn't have to do therapy because this helped kind of push me out of where I was. Like it kind of sped the process up, which was really, really nice. I mean, and again, it was, it was continuous. So even yeah. after the study, I'm still reaping the benefits of it. I'm still seeing the benefits of it. And, right. and I mean, that excludes therapy that excludes medication. Like it, it's literally just because it changed my brain. It changed right. my brain, which is right. crazy, crazy to think <laughs> about. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, my, yeah. That's when it does feel magical. Right. My brain is but. altered. <laughs> is amazing yeah <laughs> love altering my brain <laughs> right altering our brains for good <laughs> yes no it is it's for good for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> well that's all for today's episode of sheltered i want to thank betsy for going on this journey with me and speaking so candidly about her experience with psychedelics I would also like to take the time to thank all of the MAPS therapists and doctors who worked with me and helped me find my way out of the darkness of my trauma and grief. I will never stop appreciating the experience of healing that you gave to me. Thank you. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.